What is going on, Bootstrap Growth Family? I am your host, Ned Eric, and welcome to episode number 15 of Bootstrap Growth. Dude, it's been 15 episodes. So crazy, man. And dude, it's been a crazy week too. Man, like I can tell you right now that if you guys are ever a part of like a startup, if maybe you're listening to this, bro, like get ready for sleepless nights, get ready for changes on the fly, get ready for just almost like no day is the same. And I I said this actually, I said this to our product guy today, our head of product. I was like, I remember hearing back in the day, like sales leaders would be like, I love my job because no day is the same. And forget that, dude. All I want right now is Groundhog Day. Like at least give me like seven days of the exact same thing. Cause like I am, dude, I, yeah, it's 627 on Wednesday. I'm recording this now, but I've got a ton of like work to get done. Like there's no, like, like we're not, there's, there's no, there's no like, oh, after this podcast, I'm done for the day. But, um, so this podcast is probably up in the afternoon tomorrow. But anyway, um, it's been cool. It's been fun. We've been talking. We've been having conversations with investors. We've signed on another client this week. Um, we're building out just decks and uh, the website's getting another facelift. Like there's just so much that's going on right now. And like, I'm still trying to manage like our creative team and I'm still trying to manage like the, the sales and I'm still trying to manage the, the customer success side of things. And it's just like every day, it's like I'm running in 37 different directions and it's super cool. Um, so yeah, man. So I wanted to do today, I want to make it a, a quick one today that um, I wanted to do an ask me anything. Like once a month, um, once a month, I want to do like an ask me anything where you guys can like just ask me anything that you want about business, life, love, the pursuit of happiness, whatever it is. Um, and just basically, I want it to be like an open forum, like for you guys to just say, hey, Ned, what do you think about this? Like, if you guys want upload something, hey, I'd love you to, you know, check out this copy for me. Hey, you know, what do you think about this logo? Hey, what do you think? Like, what, what's a good go to market strategy for this? Like, how are we, you know, what would you, whatever it is that you guys want to ask me, um, go ahead and ask me. Um, and it, it's really probably once a month I'll do these. I, I don't know when I'll just kind of randomly do it on, on LinkedIn. And I got like seven questions today. So I wanted to get right into it so that you guys could get your questions answered and I don't bore you too much. Um, but I wanted to, let me actually pull this up. Hope you guys had a crush, a killer week so far. It is the middle of the week. I am off from the gym tomorrow. Started this new workout program because now like the gyms are back open in, um, the gyms are back open in Florida. And so like, I actually started, uh, I started like going back to the gym and I am like about as sore as you could get. Like, bro, like I was talking to Matt Wells the other day on LinkedIn, bro. And if you're listening, shout out, bro. But like this guy is jacked shredded and I'm just sitting here like, bro, I can't even bench the bar anymore, but I started, but like I'm off from the gym tomorrow. So I get to be sore, um, on my own. So anyway, 
just pulled up LinkedIn. So by the way, my daughter just turned seven months yesterday, which is pretty cool. Um, if you have a kid, dude, time freaking flies, bro. Like, whoa, super whoa. All right, let's get to the questions. Jason Vanna, question number one. He has had this burning question, but just had not had the right time to ask. Why are you so awesome? I think the world deserves to know. Honestly, um, dude, I was born awesome. Grew up awesome. Just continue to get even more awesome. Um, it's kind of like a like genetic, I guess you could say. Like I can't get rid of my awesomeness. The end. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, he did ask a serious question. Uh, what do you like most about marketing and what do you like least? Ooh, I probably should have like read these more in depth. Cause like when you, <laughs> like when you guys asked them, I was like, yeah, great question. And then it's like, I went about my day. So like, I'm just kind of like reading these for the first time now. So like, what do I like most about marketing? What I like most about marketing is that we drive everything. Like, and if you're in sales and you're listening to this, you're like, oh no, I drive everything. No, you don't. Shut your mouth. Marketing drives everything. Brand and demand we drive. And if I do something wrong, our business could go under. Like, it's like that kind of pressure I love. Like, I love being able to like dig into the numbers and the analytics and the data and the strategy and just be like, yo, this is what we're going to roll with and like just test it and then, and then like check out the numbers and be like, no, 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 no. Like we got to go here or like check the numbers. Like I talked about this like a couple weeks ago about like actually digging into your numbers and really digging into the point where you're like, you double down on what's working, but you flip what's not right. And you test and you keep going. And like, that's the thing with, with marketing, like the thing with sales as an individual contributor, like obviously I was super successful as an individual contributor, but like what I, what I didn't like about being an individual contributor is like, it was like every day it was like, I got to make these calls. I got to do this. Like, I know this is what's working. I know what I got to flip, but like you're doing it so regularly that you don't necessarily even have a ton of time to like, like dig in. Right. As a marketer, like I can literally be like, like doing something and then digging into the data and driving demand, but building brand. And like, I'm doing all of these things that are growing the business. I think like the pressure of that really does excite me a lot. Um, so yeah, that's what I like the most. It's like the pressure of like, yo, like if we do well, we can make a ton of money, but if we do poorly, our sales team is going to suffer. Our operations are going to suffer. Our product, our business as a whole is going to suffer um, if I just don't do everything right. So um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. What do I like least? Um, should I probably say that if like that everyone has an opinion? <laughs> hey. That's a, that's a yawn. I told you, dude, it's been a crazy flipping week. But anyway, what do I like least? I think it's that everyone has an opinion, right? Everyone's seen a website that they really like. Everyone's seen an ad that they really like. Everyone's seen a blog that they've really liked and they think that they all can do it. Um, you know, I think in sales, if someone's never made a cold call, um, they're not going to sit there and be like, oh, you should make a cold call this way. But like, 
people that have never built ads or written copy or um, have only have never actually done marketing will give you their opinion on like what they think is the best. And I think for me, it's like, I'm open to ideas. I'm just not like, I, I don't like if we make a decision on something like that's what we're rolling with. And I think that like, just because you bought something from Nike off of like an ad that you really liked, doesn't mean that you can come in and like be a marketer. Right. Um, so I think that's as, as kind of like hard as that's like, I guess not hard as, as, as much like kind of rude as that sounds. Um, that's kind of like my least favorite thing about it. I've, I've really noticed that is like when you're in sales, like for instance, like sales leadership, when I was like director of sales or uh, head of business development, um, people weren't like, oh yeah, we should try this as often as like people walk into my office and be like, dude, did you see this? And I'm all for a swipe file. Like I have a swipe file, but like everyone has an opinion on marketing, right? Oh, we should have used this picture. Oh, we should have done that. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that a lot of people like to come into the marketing lane because we all get marketed to, right? So um, yeah, it's probably my least favorite. Um, Lori Nudson, hooks. How do you come up with them? Um, I'm assuming by hooks, you mean like, like the first sentence of a LinkedIn post, kind of like the headline of it. Um, this is gonna sound pretty old school, but I, I sort of like write for the most part, like everything in like the ADA format. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Man, I swear your questions are like really invigorating. I'm just super tired. Um, last night I got like literally two hours of sleep because I was thinking about the meeting that I was going to have today. Yeah. The meeting actually went really well, by the way. So I'm just really excited to go home and sleep. But anyway, so ADA, attention, interest, desire, action right? It's kind of an old school, like formula of like how to write, but it like really works. Like it, it really does. And I think it's, it's for me, the way that I think about this is like, how do I get your attention? That's how I get a hook is like, when I think about it is like with attention, it's, it's grab their attention, but people aren't looking for me, right? Like, let's be honest for a second. Like, when you, when you're scrolling LinkedIn, you're not like, oh, where's Ned? Where's Ned? Where's Ned? Where's Ned? Where's Ned? No, like you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then like something catches your attention and it might be my name. It might be like the green. It might be, but for the most part, like for those people that don't know me, don't, don't listen to my podcast that don't know me as a person, right. That we don't connect, right. They're not paying attention. So I have to grab their attention with something that's very relevant to them. Right. Like, you know, so like even today, like on the, the thing, it was like, okay, do you have a question you've always wanted to, wanted me to answer? Like, that's something that's going to like grab people's attention because it's like, oh shoot, like, what are we doing here? And like, that's really where I just, that's how I get my hooks is I think about, I put myself in my ideal client shoes and in the morning, my ideal client, quote unquote, my ideal customer, my, my ideal reader are marketers and salespeople right? When I'm at work, my, you know, and I'm writing art articles or I'm writing emails, um, my ideal clients are CEOs of major healthcare systems, right? So it's a little bit different, but I, I, I put myself and I go, okay, what would catch my attention? Um, 
And I do have swipe files too. So a swipe file being, um, you know, something that um, if I see a good headline, I, I, I put it into a Google doc, things like that. So, um, but yeah, so like that's actually how I come up with them is this like, what's going to be relevant to them to the point like it would stop them in their shoes. It would stop, stop them in their tracks. Um, so normally it's something like catchy, relevant. It's a question, something like that. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question. By the way, if I don't answer your question fully, just message me on LinkedIn and we'll, uh, I'll answer it more fully. John Thor, what is up, dude? So in my actual quote, I made a mention about flat earth. So he says, as much as I'm tempted to go down the flat earth rabbit hole, because you mentioned it, I'll go for something else. Matt Wells, though, did ask me, what do I say about flat earth? Uh, The earth is a blueberry. Blueberries are round. The earth is round. Yeah. The earth isn't flat. Anyway, uh, if you want to argue it, cool. I I don't know. I just kind of like, I've been on airplanes before. Anyway, um, how do you keep up with posting every day? How do you stay inspired? And what do you do when you don't feel like creating? Um, I'll answer these one by one because these are all three really, really good questions. How do I keep up with posting every day? It's a part of my routine now. Um, I get up, I read, I pray, I write notes to my, my daughter and my wife. I'm yawning again because only the best podcasters yawn on their podcasts, of course. But I write notes to my wife and my daughter. I go to the gym. I come back and I spend time on business. Um, Part of my, like my initial time spent on business is the post. So that's really how I keep up with posting every day. It's because, well, it's what I do. Like it's, it's, it's in, it's, it's my, it's part of my day. Um, how do you stay inspired and what do you do when you don't feel like creating? So I think this is really good. This is a really, really good question because I don't always feel like creating. I don't always feel inspired. Um, but what I've done is I've sort of created this almost like expectation of inspiration in my business time, in my daily walk, right? So like every time that I'm having a conversation, every piece of copy I'm writing, every image that I'm creating, um, every analytic, every piece of data that I'm dissecting is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to be inspired. Like for instance, today I ran a, I ran a, uh, a Facebook ad and we did a, a little bit of a, an accelerator at the beginning and we got three new leads in that were literally ideal client, ideal size, ideal persona. Like it was, it was boom. It was magic. And I'd worked so hard on that ad and it was great. And it was like perfect. And like, I'll probably write about that at some point, like what I did there, like what was my like whole entire process there. Um, right. So like, I think that's super important, um, to integrate inspiration into the little things of every single day. Um, don't allow a moment to go by that doesn't inspire you. And, and and this could sound a little bit fluffy, but dude, I look at it this way. My alarm goes off every morning. I'm, I'm blessed to be awake. That's an inspiration to me, right? Like I, I, I get up and I walk on my two feet. I walk into my bathroom in my home. Then, you know, in a, in a 
a good part of town in, you know, in, in Florida, which is like a, a, a place that people, like I live where people vacation, like that's an inspiration to me. But like on the business side of things is I allow the little things to inspire me. I allow the, the dip, the dip in leads inspire me. I allow the increase in, you know, the proper demographic of people coming to our website inspire me. Like that's, it's, it's really creating an inspiration, like an expectation of inspiration in everything that I do. Right. So that's, that's, that's really kind of that. Um, what do I feel like, what do I do when I don't feel like creating though? Um, is I go get inspired. And what I mean by that is like, so I've, I'm a part of multiple groups. So, um, I'm a part of a copywriting group. I'm a part of a marketing group. I'm a part of a sales group. Um, I'm a part of like a a young adult business leaders group. Um, I go and get inspired. I I've, I've said this before. I think I've, I've, I've told you this, John, I don't read, um, like books. I know people love to read. I'm not a huge reader. Um, but what I, what I do to go get inspiration, to go get fire, to go learn is I've built a circle of people around myself that I truly believe, um, have really changed the way that I can live and the way that I do business. And, um, so when I don't feel like creating, I go and turn on a video or I go and read a, a post or I go and, and have a conversation with someone that's a part of my circle. Um, and by the end of it, man, I, I, I'm fired up and I'm ready to go. So um, hopefully that helps. Maybe it gives you something. Um, I think probably my real big, big answer is, man, create an expectation of inspiration in your life, brother. Everything should inspire you. Um, and by the way, like you already create amazing content. So like you inspire me too. Um, JJ Burden, dude, straight up ex NFL player listens to my podcast. Get out of here. Anyway, like guys caught passes on NFL football fields. Do you know how close I've ever gotten to an NFL football field? Like the nosebleed seats. Why? Cause I really don't like football that much anyway. Um, and I definitely, yeah, like, sorry, but I'm going to answer JJ's question because he asked one. So here it goes. Uh, what's a simple way to find out the needs of your audience? Super good question. Um, talk to them. <laughs> like, I think this is where a lot of companies mess up is they guess. They just simply guess. Um, oh yeah, you know, I used to be in this position, like very few companies actually have leadership that was actually their ideal client. But, um, a lot of times I guess, oh, well, we heard it this one time. No, it's, it's called a jobs to be done interview. And you go to the people that are already your clients, or if you're pre-revenue and you don't have clients, you go to people that you, that are, that you believe are your ICP, you do uh, customer development and you ask them, you literally ask them, you go through the questions of like, you know, last time you were buying a product like this, what was, what was going on in your life? What made you make the decision? What was the, what were the things that were going on? And like, what were the challenges you need to overcome? How did it help you overcome them? Like you dig deep with these people. I have, I attribute, 
I'd probably say over $10 million in revenue to implementing the jobs to be done interview about like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I'd say probably about $10 million in revenue. It's a huge, huge, and when I say a year and a half, it's been about two and a half years because we're in 2020, right? Yeah, so it's been like 2017. you got to go talk to your customer. Like that's how you find the needs. Like, like and you, you use, you use the word audience. So like maybe you're talking about LinkedIn as well. Like who are you going after? Like I, I enjoy your content because like it's inspirational to me. Right. Um, like I really, like I really enjoyed the article that you wrote. Right. Because it was like, it was tactical. It was practical. Like, so for me, if you're looking at like, Ned, who's a marketer, salesperson. I want practical, tactical, tactical advice and things that like are going to help me get better. Um, why? Because my day to day can be stressful and it's cool to see someone who's like doing it and motivating and being excited, and, but not only motivating me, but like telling me how I can motivate myself and do the things that you're doing. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's a big thing. You got to talk to your audience. You got to go and just immerse yourself in conversations with the people that you want to be, uh, talking with. So David W Riggs, I think diving into hiring process would be cool. Do you still look at resumes? How formal is it? Um, I feel like more and more people are dropping resumes for something more modern, less formal. Um, it's a really, really good question. Um, and I can tell you, I, I don't necessarily know how I can answer this quickly and succinctly. So I'm going to try really, really, really hard. I've only ever hired for sales. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm going to speak to. And where I got my hiring formula was a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula by Mark Roberge. And it has worked beautifully. Um, I, I remember reading the book and this is when I was a director of sales and I was like, and they, they basically were like, yo, you have to hire people. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to hire people. I remember reading it and like one of the things that they said is like, how, how do you hire your perfect salesman? Right. And it was super important. Like he tells a story in the book about like the first sales hire that they brought on at HubSpot was like the number one salesman of, out of like a thousand salesmen at like a major company. And he ended up being like a subpar salesperson for HubSpot because he wasn't what they were looking for. Right. And so like my first and I'll get into resumes in a second. But my first thing is context. What are we selling? What's our product? Who are we selling it to? Right? Like for me now, like I couldn't probably, I probably couldn't hire someone who's never done like enterprise sales. Like if you've just done SMB sales, you probably wouldn't be a great role. You you would have to at least have done mid-market sales. Um, Reason being is that we sell a very high ticket item um, and we sell it to very large organizations, right? Um, 
And so if you want to, and, and, and take this into like, I know you, you build websites and you probably want to like hire marketers or things like that. Um, take what I'm saying and, and, and apply it to what you do. But if like you want to consistently hire the best people, um, you've got to understand your own business and tailor the hiring process to match your own business. I learned this because I hired at NetPulse, um, I hired at Vertimax, um, and I'm going to be hiring here at Halos. Um, and so really like you have to understand your business, right? NetPulse was completely different than Vertimax. Vertimax completely different than NetPulse. They're both completely different than Halos, right? Like the people that I would want to bring on, the process that I'm going to have, the criteria is the same, which I'll get into, but the process is different. So like for me, it's like there's a set of like ideal characteristics that I want someone to have to come on and be a salesperson for me. Um, and to be honest, it's five criteria. And I'll be honest, they're pretty much the same criteria all the way across the board, whether it's sales, marketing, customer success, product, whatever it is. Um, but again, it comes down to context is like who I, I want to bring on people that are going to be successful here. So like, who's like, if you, if you're up at a, a company that already has salespeople, who's the best salesperson, you want to kind of probably model that a little bit, mirror that a little bit, but just hear the five traits. These, these are five traits that Mark Roberge came up with. And I wholeheartedly agree with coachability is number one, basically the under the ability to understand feedback, change behavior based on it. Right? So one of the things that I do in a sales interview is I have them pitch me I give them feedback and then I have them pitch me again. And if they took the feedback, I now know that they're coachable. They're, you know, and, and there's a, there's a matrix that, that, that there is like scale of one to five kind of thing there as well. Um, so it's coachability, curiosity, which is, you know, basically, are you actually curious about someone? Um, prior success results do matter to be honest with you. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be in sales. It doesn't have to be in marketing. That's something I'll get into in a second. Um, I don't hire because you were the top salesperson in your last gig. I hire because you were the top something at something. And I'll explain to that in a second. Prior success, uh, four is intelligence. Um, and, and I'll actually, honestly, I'll say intelligence slash like, like personality. Um, are they, do they have the ability to be a subject matter expert and do they have the ability to do, to do it in a human way, right? Um, can they talk the talk, but do it in a way that like my, my seven month old daughter would understand it. Probably not my seven month old, but um, yeah. So intelligence, per, uh, personality, and then finally it's, it's work ethic, right? So those are the things that I look at but I do want to kind of get into this like prior success because this is something that's really important to me. Um, I don't require a resume. Um, but what I do require is a cover letter and I tell them, don't write me, don't Google cover letter on Google and write me that. I want you to tell me like why I should care. Like why should I care? And that's the biggest thing. The reason that I don't require a resume is I just require them to give me their LinkedIn profile. Right. Um, and then I dig <laughs> like I really do. I dig. Um, 
a piece of paper doesn't tell me anything about a person. Um, the conversation does the way that they interact with other people, the way people interact with them. Um, you know, that's really important. And like I said, I don't hire based on like, for instance, if someone were to apply to be, um, an account executive here at Halos, this could be a bad example because I think really a lot of our salespeople are going to have prior medical, like actual operations experience, but that's beside the point. Um, but like, well, actually that's not beside the point. That's exactly right. I, for instance, I'm looking for someone who's run an operation. I don't, I don't necessarily want someone who's been in sales before to sell for us. I want someone who's run an organization that we sell to or has worked inside of that organization. And I want them to be the best of the best. So here's the deal. I'm going to probably have to go after some of these people because they, well, they still have a job and they're probably not looking. So really my process is, let's say I have them coming inbound. I have them write me a note. I stalk them, have them come in. And then we have a conversation. Um, I want to have a bull session with them. I don't want to grill them. I don't have, I, I don't have interview questions lined up. I just want to see if they can have a conversation with me. Um, and then I, I, I start to kind of like ask them questions about like what they would do differently with the company and things like that. Like I really start to get into more or less the tangible practical stuff because worse comes to worse. Like I don't like them and maybe they had a couple of like ideas that actually help us and things like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, and then like if it's sales, I, I do that, that, you know, the pitch, give them feedback, pitch again. Um, and then from there, I let people know within 24 hours, whether, you know, they're moving on or not. And if they're not, I still make the phone call. Um, one of the things that I do as well, I'll just kind of let you know, this is if they did not get the position, um, I offer them feedback on why, Hey, you didn't get the position because you were lacking in these three spots. Here's a couple of things that I think you could do. Um, read this book, watch this webinar and, you know, download this course, be certified in these three things. And um, once you do that, I'd love for you to come back and apply. That's something that I'm really passionate about is not to leave people with, Hey, I'm sorry, but we're not moving forward at this time. Um, you know, I let people know just straight up, Hey, like, you know, this is why. Um, even if it's in like the resume phase, right? Even if it's, Hey, write us a note, tell us why, what's your LinkedIn, what's your socials. Um, I say, Hey, you know, I just, I, 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 I was a little bit confused on your story. Um, you know, maybe you want to like, you know, maybe I, I, I give people a second chance and here's the reason why not necessarily a second chance, but I, I offer them advice. I, I hate saying no. And so for me, it's a really good way of like saying no without saying no. Um, so yeah, I don't know how good that is. I don't know how well that answered your question. Um, but yeah, dude, that's pretty much, uh, that's like my process, right? Like it's very, it's very simplistic. I, and that, that's another thing with me is like, I've been through hiring process before. Um, and I didn't want it to be confusing. Um, so it's literally simple and it's, it's, it's also not 14 different steps. Um, if I want, if I, if I want to hire you, I'm going to hire you. And if I don't, then I'm not going to, it's pretty much that simple. So again, hopefully that answered your question.
If it didn't, um, let me know. Next question, Jeremiah Griffin. I'd be interested to know how you would market something that traditionally has a negative perception. Own the negative perception. I think that's probably the best advice I could give anyone is own it, right? I don't know what your negative perception is, but I'll give you kind of like some um, some things here. It's like CXL, for instance. Um, it's not necessarily a negative perception, but they got a one-star review and now they're marketing on it. Some guy wrote a, like a Google review and it was like one star and he was like, the courses were way too hard. This sucked. And at the bottom, they literally just said, our courses aren't for everyone, only the hardest working or something like that, right? Flip the negative into a positive, but own the positive, right? Um, I've got a buddy of mine who, who runs a church uh, in Spokane, Washington, and someone made a post on uh, their Facebook and said, um, so my buddy's the lead pastor and he said, and it says, music's too loud, um, preaching is decent at best. He put that on a billboard on the busiest street in Spokane. Like own the negative perception because then people are going to trust you more because what people are expecting is all the five-star reviews. They're expecting everything that's going to be good. And when you come at them and say, yeah, no, 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 we get it. It's cool. People are going to be like, oh, whoa. And so like you, they start to build this trust. So I don't know what your negative perception is, but definitely um, own the negative perception. Hey, we get it. We understand. We understand why that's probably, you know, on your mind. Um, but, you know, also, <laughs> also we're better than that. So, yeah. So, and then last question, this is actually DM'd and the individual said um, they didn't want their name out in the open. So, we'll call you Bob Jones, Robert Smith, Jane Doe. Let's see. All right. It's a pretty long question. So it says, as someone who's not only made the, okay, so I'll kind of read this. So I made a post the other day about like finding your passion in business and like, hey, like you don't have to be in sales. Like go and do things to make sure that you can become like successful, right? Um, and so this person in, reached out and I, and I totally understand why they wouldn't want their name because they said some, you know, things that if their employer heard, they'd probably not <laughs> be super happy. Um, but they said that, you know, the post resonated with them. After starting to learn more about marketing by doing it hands-on for, for my side projects, I'm realizing how unfulfilled I am on a daily basis as a sales rep and realizing it is a big factor in my declining mental health. Um, as someone who not only made it, made the leap, but is crushing it, thank you. Um, you clearly are an expert, debatable. Um, how would someone like me best start making this actionable? I think, man, this is, this is important. And I want to make a comment about the mental health aspect of things is like, this is why I made that post. Like, dude, if you don't enjoy what you're doing every single day, stop doing it because we only live one life. And if there's one thing I've learned through this whole like pandemic is like life is precious. And, 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 and it's not to say that like before the pandemic, I didn't think that, but 
at 27 years old, I've sort of kind of lived in this sort of like, um, like what's the, what's the, I guess a bubble, like this bubble of like invincibility, like, Oh, I'm not going to die. Like, and, but like you only live one life and you have to do what you love. And I think that, and I'm not going to get like super deep into this, but like, I think that we have been sort of like as an industry, like in business, we're like, we just, because people only show their highlights, we think that we're supposed to be in a certain place. And because people are like, oh, I made $4 million last year in sales. We think that we have to do it. And like, that's the only way that we're ever going to make money or we're ever going to be successful. And like, I just, I'm here to tell you, like, if you're listening to this right now and you dread going into work, change it. Like, please, for the love of God, do not let your job ruin your mental health. Like, don't do it. Um, so what, what is the best place to start? You know, because like, you can't just leave your job, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I'll tell you what I did. I went to our marketing department and I started to offer help. I, I, there were a couple of places that we had some weak spots. Um, this was at NetPulse. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll run all the social media. Like, I think we could really gain some traction if we did some ads. I'll run them. Um, and so I, I, I stepped in and I helped out. Um, and I started doing videos. I started doing ads. I started writing blogs because those were going to be part of like the ads. And like, I just really, I just stepped in and, and I put like my, you know, I jumped in, cannonballed right in. Um, and so I think that's really step one is go to your marketing department and say, Hey, like I, I mean, even if like, there's not a lot that you could do and like help them, um, maybe like you have a really killer marketing department. even if you don't have that, um, go to them and just be like, Hey, like, can I learn about what you guys do? Like maybe once a week, start shadowing them. Um, I think that's super important is to actually see it in action or do it. Um, the next thing is go get certified. HubSpot has free certifications. And actually today they came out with learning paths where like, if you do marketing learning paths, you get inbound content, uh, social SEO, like you take all their courses, right? So I'm certified in content. I'm certified in, um, inbound from them. I'm certified in ABM from demand base. Um, I'm certified in conversational marketing from drift conversational sales from drift. I'm certified CXL growth marketer. I'm certified growth marketer from, um, easel. I just went and got certifications. A couple of those did cost me money, but most of them are free. Um, so get certified. Um, and then the next thing that I would do is just start hanging out in like circles. Like I was talking to John about is man, where I find my most inspiration are the people that I want to be like, and the people that I really enjoy being around and like having conversations with and go like be a part of those people. Like I'll tell people, anyone that wants to be in marketing, um, spend 10 bucks a month and join Dave Gerhardt's Patreon. Like it's the best 10 bucks that I've ever spent.